we're still nowhere near equality, but they're the kind of things we're trying to do uh, as a government to make sure there are more women in senior positions. And I think that brings about equality, but more than that, I think it actually brings about better organisations because uh, when you have a decent balance of men and women around the table when decisions are made, um, more often than not, a better decision is made. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. We have a very special guest this week. The Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, joined us in studio. We discussed the gender pay gap and what the government has in store for that in the future. We also talked about working mothers and I'm delighted to announce that he did, in fact, play our game Six Words or Less. So enjoy. Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, you're very welcome to Girls With Goals. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. So we're all about equality here at Her.ie. So the first thing I want to do is play a little game with you. It's called Six Words or Less, and it's for our readers and our listeners of the show who may not know who you are. So that doesn't okay. really apply to you because everybody knows who you are, but I think we'll play anyway. A tiny bit of context, your health minister, Simon Harris, was in with us before and he gave six words. So I'll give you his six words and we'll just see if you can beat them. So he said dog lover, energetic, busy, driven, feminist, and enthusiastic. So it's not a competition, but okay. can you beat that? Um, optimist, serious. Okay. Um, fitness fan. Fitness fan. Music fan. Um, Just a lot of imp- combined words Impatient. Here. <laughs> impatient, okay. Um, hard exterior, but soft center. You know, it was way more than six words, but to be honest with you, you're the Taoiseach, so I'm just going to let it slide. Um, Speaking of equality, last week was the EU Equal Pay Day. So on November 3rd, symbolically, women were stopped paid. So basically, I'm sitting here, I'm a woman in Ireland, and I'm approximately making 14% less than my male counterpart. So firstly, as a man, and secondly, as a leader, can you understand how infuriating that is for women. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, like we have, we've had equal pay for equal work mm-hmm. for a long time in Ireland. I didn't know when that law came in, probably 20 or 30 years ago. Um, but notwithstanding that, there is a gap between what the average woman is paid and the average man is paid. And there's lots of different reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've developed over time. Uh, but one of the things that we want to do as a government is bring in the first law uh, that Ireland's ever had around um, gender pay equality essentially and that's really following what they did in England and it's to uh, essentially require that employers uh, publish their their gender pay gap uh, and explain why it is. Now sometimes there may be an explanation and maybe that um, their female staff are you know are more more likely part-time than full-time different things like that Um, but if there isn't a legitimate explanation well then we want to know why and we want to uh, name and fame the good employers that are paying their male staff and female staff the same uh, and uh, name and shame and embarrass uh, those who aren't. But I think a lot of it really, if we're going to achieve um, gender pay equality and I want us to do that, is making sure that more women get promoted. Yeah. Uh, And you'll often see in a huge number of organisations that as you go up the ranks, uh, there are fewer women. And that's what gives rise to uh, the pay gap in a lot of cases. Um, and one of the things we really try to do as a government uh, is to improve that. So if you take state boards, for example, you know, the boards of all the, all the semi-state yeah. companies and the state agencies, uh, last year for the first time, the majority of people who we appointed to state boards through the past system are women. Um, now over 40% of people on state boards are women. Want to get that up to 50-50. Um, we're also now, because we've done that, 
uh, you know, leading by example, we're going to put a lot of pressure now on businesses to do the same thing. You'll often see big business, businesses and there's only one or two women on the board. And yeah. is it not therefore surprised that when it comes to appointing the CEO or the senior management, it's going to be a man. they're men too, yeah. Mm. Uh, and even in government, um, uh, at those top level positions, SecGen, Assistant SecGen, uh, last year about 40% were women. Uh, we're still nowhere near equality, but they're the kind of things we're trying to do. Uh, as a government to make sure there are more women in senior positions and I think that brings about equality but more than that I think it actually brings about better organisations because uh, when you have a decent balance of men and women around the table when decisions are made um, more often than not a better decision is made. I would agree. Do you think that this bill that was and I know that it's been passed through the Shannon and if this comes about it's going to make it transparent for companies that have over 250 employees. Mm. Do you think that companies are going to struggle with that? I mean, it's always about trying to exactly determine what is the reason for the wage gap. And I know you said it's about getting more women in power and getting more women up in the higher positions. Mm. I mean, and then the goal is to get it down to companies who have 50 employees. Do you think that we're going to struggle when it comes to the actual companies going, we don't want to tell everybody what people are on? Because it could be a systemic thing that's been going on for decades. Yeah, well, like the plan at the moment is to start with companies over 250 and move to 50. But, you know, I have an open mind on that. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't start with 250. Maybe we should start with 100 or, you know, like I said, the, the, the legislation's going through. But we need to be practical as well and mm. make sure that we actually have the capacity to implement it. Um, I think some companies won't like it. Um, I think they'll have to get over it. Yeah. Uh, it's always been the case with equality legislation uh, that um, people resist it. Uh, employers may resist it, but it's going to be the law and they're going to have to do it. And the same would have applied, no doubt, when when the marriage bar was gotten rid of, when equal pay legislation came in, um, when you know things like maternity leave, for example, yeah. were, were brought in. Um, at the time, maybe people didn't like it or thought it was an overbearing state interfering who would ever seriously consider reversing those things now. Yeah, you said there about maternity leave and I think if we're talking about women in the workforce, which is something that we're really involved with in Her.ie, we have a campaign running called Bridge the Gap where we're, we're trying to obviously bridge the pay gap. Um, but when it comes to maternity leave, a lot of women in Ireland over the age of 35 are obviously leaving the workforce in order to have a family and to have children. And then they're finding it really difficult to get back into the workforce afterwards. And although you know the child benefits that were brought in in the budget were definitely heralded as a success and they were in all the winner comments in all the publications across the country and stuff, it's still really hard because creches are raising their prices and, and so they're finding it tough and highly skilled women who are not in the workforce at the moment are weighing up the options and for 200 euro disposable income at the end of the month, would you go back to work? It's a tough one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough call and I suppose initially when you do go back you mightn't be much better off or not better off at yeah. all but the potential then obviously rises for promotion and mm. uh, becomes comes better over time. Um, but I, I think fundamentally what needs to happen is a more equal uh, sharing of caring responsibilities between um, men and women. Um, easy for me to say of course that somebody doesn't, doesn't have any kids uh, but the expectation of society is still on, on women to do the vast majority of the caring. Um, and that isn't really unfair. You, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we should see more men um, 
taking on that role and particularly where where you know women being so well educated now if they've greater earning potential you know maybe they should be the ones who <laughs> um, yeah. who go out to work and and and, uh, and their male partner might stay at home for a bit, bit longer um, but you know everyone's circumstances are different uh, but it is one of the reasons for example why we, why we brought in paternity leave yeah for the first time um, giving men the opportunity to take some paid leave and care for their kids uh, after they're born and uh, the next big step next year is going to be parental leave and that's going to be shared so which is uh, unpaid can be though made. no no it'll be paid it'll be paid um, okay now the way the way it works out is, is that uh, anyone who pays prsi okay. um if they take the parental leave they'll be able to claim 230 euros a week back from uh, the government essentially right it's, and it's, that's you know, the plan that's why you pay prsi so it'll work, yeah. work the same way as paternity benefit works or maternity benefit works now some employers will top that but top that up yeah uh, to what to whatever your weekly wage is uh, others won't but there'll be a minimum of, of 230 a week or 235 so, a week so the goal is to continue to try and bring down the childcare costs because Ireland yeah. is one of the highest in the world so that is one of the aims of government it is absolutely and um, you know if you, if you think of some of the things that we've done there's the two-year of preschool which I think people really value yeah uh, and there's the childcare subsidies and about 80,000 kids now benefit from the childcare subsidies and they're going to be improved again next year so you know even sort of middle-income couples on about 100 grand uh, between the two of them will qualify for the subsidies uh, and we'll build on that over time and there's a report in this done the other day that shows that if we follow up continue on the path that we're going to we'll actually move from being one of the most expensive countries in the world to being in the top 10 in terms of um, providing childcare. Before I let you go final question so obviously you're the Taoiseach and you are the leader of the country so you're asked constantly every single day to solve problems and these questions are being fired at you so if you had a magic wand tomorrow and I gave you the opportunity to solve one problem yeah. and so that can be economical it can be cultural or it could be your toaster what would the problem be? Um, it'd be housing quite frankly if I had right. a magic if I had a magic wand and somebody could build me 80,000 houses overnight um, I would wave that wand Brilliant. Uh, Good to know. We are getting there, but yeah. um, we'll build about 20,000 new homes and apartments this year. But um, um, if, if, if I had a magic wand, I'd ramp that up so much more quickly. But Top of the list. Unfortunately, I don't. Taoiseach Leo thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. My pleasure. So that was the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar there. I'm joined in studio now by Maximum Media's Chief Operating Officer, Gillian Fitzpatrick. Gillian, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. I guess I just want to dissect it a little bit. So obviously we only had a short amount of time with the Taoiseach, but a big coup for us getting to chat to him about issues that are affecting women across the country. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, and I think it's broadly really, really positive what he had to say. Um, you know, he's very much committed to a whole host of issues that we know are impacting on working women and, and, and women also who want to either in the future or uh, want to start a family or who currently have children because you know that is also a big part um, of many people's lives and there are many incredibly driven women who are very career focused but who also will hold up their hand and say I think it's really important that at some stage in the future that I that I also have kids and you know we should be able to have those conversations in tandem um, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive certainly. Absolutely I think it was really interesting I'm, I'm glad that I got to talk to him about that because that was actually a listener of the podcast who got in touch with us specifically to talk about that and I'm going to get to that now in a second but I suppose the other big thing that we spoke about was the gender pay gap and about how in the 
future companies are going to be naming and faming as well as naming and shaming companies who don't abide by the laws essentially so I think this is massive because in my opinion anyway transparency is the only way to combat the wage gap but people are not going to be happy with it I don't think. I think that when we talk about quotas, um, there can be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to it. And whether that's uh, in state bodies, whether it's within Leinster House or in business organisations, um, it's it, it's something that sits uncomfortably sometimes with people. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, uh, our government is represented by uh, 77% men. Mm. Um, I remember watching the budget er- uh, earlier this year and it was just panning across the seats in, in the chamber and it was predominantly men in suits. And, and, you know, that's that's really, really disappointing. And it's not right that that our, uh, you know, that our parliament is so unbalanced. I mean, yeah. that that ultimately should be the absolute representation of the people. It should be the absolute representation of, uh, you know, Irish society. And it's it's just fundamentally incorrect that it should be so heavily weighted towards one gender. Yeah. Um, that's the situation that we're in. And if gender quotas will address that, then here, here for gender quotas. Um, you know, and, and I would say as well that we, in, in some capacity, we, we kind of operate on a quota capacity anyway, because we have constituencies, you know, we, we, we do break up the country into different pockets. It's not a case that it's fastest finger first, first over the line is in, and then we just work all the way down into the seats. I mean, different parts of the country are represented so that if you're from a rural part of Ireland in Mayo or Leitrim or Donegal, that you still know that you have representation, equal representation within the parliament. So, you know, we we do put in barriers in place to try and make things as fair as possible and to make sure that the decisions that are being made at government level uh, do reflect the entire country and don't just reflect, for example, Dublin. And if we had a, a kind of an open situation with no, as I said, no constituencies, and it was just a case of you can vote for any number of the the, the names, like pages and pages of, of ballot papers, yeah. just put your one beside whoever you want uh, uh, over the line, we probably have a apartment full of, of Dublin men, you know, and, and everyone would acknowledge that that's not right. We, we don't want our parliament to represent only our capital city or, or only one part of Ireland. So we put these structures in place. We, you know, we have um, procedures in place that, that try and make things fairer and more balanced. Yeah. So it, it's not it's not a case that putting in gender quotas, therefore, is in any way tokenism. It's, it's just trying to address the, the imbalance, I suppose, that's exactly. in place at the moment. I think, you know, and something that the Tisha kind of touched on as well is that in certain circumstances, the frustrating thing, and I'm glad that I got to ask him, you know, to see understand from firstly a male point of view and then secondly from a leader's point of view, you know, sometimes it feels like we're fighting against history a little bit as well because the root cause of why there are perhaps these wage gaps and and kind of gaps across society when it comes to the quota of men and women is historical. And I think one of the things that he touched on, which was really crucial, was how, you know, it's about promoting women to positions of power. So you are Maximum Media's COO now. Uh, you haven't always been. Congratulations. Thank You've you just been <laughs> promoted. Um, you were the publisher of Her and then before that the editor of Her as well. So I mean if you're to look at your own career and you're also a mother as well. You've mm-hmm. got two young children. If you're to look at your own career you know and while you were moving through it was it something that you were definitely aware of in terms of your gender or was it something that you felt like sometimes you were battling against or was it something that you you have to think of and say this is not going to be a, a byproduct of my success um yeah a, a tough look, question look, no no it's a, do you know what it's a great question and and i'm 
I'm definitely of the opinion that I, I love talking about being a mother and I love talking about my career and I'm always happy to talk about, not even happy, eager to talk about being a woman working within media. And I, and I know sometimes um, people balk a little bit at those questions because mm. they feel, I suppose it's that line, isn't it? Would you ask a man that question? Yeah. And I'm, I, I always think, well, actually it is different. And mm. you know, if we're going to address some of these issues, I think it's really, really important to talk about being a mother or to yeah. talk about talk about your gender. Because I asked Mary Lou McDonald the same question as well and the thing is is that it is relevant, you know, like some people are like would you ask a man that question you know, the thing is we don't have to ask men that question and that's the infuriating thing. About, you exactly know. And, and you want to also be um, a good role model, mm. you know, I'm certainly conscious of that and I'm proud of the fact that I do have children and I, and I am a mother because I do know that for, for lots of women they don't want to discard that and I think it's really really important that you can show that actually you can be really successful while also having having a family and, mm. and that those things the, those things are possible. I would say for me, um, I've always worked in media, my background being uh, traditional print, uh, started my career out, out in news, newspapers, uh, have worked in a newsroom that's a traditionally very much a male dominated environment. And it also, and I, I think this is interesting, it's very much about male culture as well. And that sometimes, um, you know, those typical maybe more men focused traits um, mm. of being really confident or being really brash or like talking out or, you know, you know, kind of fighting your corner. There may be things that come more naturally to men than to women. And it's it's kind of, you know, the, the culture of that, I suppose, rather than it just being how many men or how many women are, are in the room. Um, for me, I think I, I have always been very driven. I've always um I suppose pushed myself out of my comfort zone and tried to build my confidence and try to get myself out there. Um, I've always taken risks uh, mm. and I'm glad to say they've so far anyway, <laughs> they've paid <laughs> off. Um, but, you know, I, I would also say that that not everyone is me and that it's it's not good enough for me to say, oh, well, just because I haven't uh, felt held back by my gender, mm. that it's not a problem because it clearly is a problem. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's great that in some capacity, greater or lesser capacity, I've been able to to trailblaze. Um, and, and I hope that even uh, my my current position is in some way um, inspirational, you know, to to other women. Um, but it is about just trying to champion diversity, and I think that's what it what it ultimately comes down to. That we know that better decisions are made if there is a, a mixture of people in the room, and yeah. whether that's business or in politics or you know sitting around the pub table and chatting yeah. with your mates, having a mixture of different voices, different opinions, different backgrounds, you know that's only a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that it it's just about trying to champion more women, and, and you know we saw in. Uh, in more recent elections that there have been quotas on ballot papers whereby there has to be a 30% of the candidates put forward need to be female and that that's a great thing and you know for for uh, for businesses having to look maybe a little bit harder and find the the female focused talent within the organization again that's a good thing and it's just a changing of mindset yeah. culturally I suppose I think as well it's it's something to be said and, and the Taoiseach did say that as well which is great he did say that you know better better things are decided upon when there's a balance of, of genders in a room and I, I really really agreed with that statement that he said I think as well like you Gillian obviously being a woman in a in a powerful position um, trailblazing is one thing but also you know it's for women who aren't in those positions yet to get to a point where fear isn't a part of it 
course because I think sometimes um, you know if you're a woman and you're you're really set in your ways you spoke earlier a little bit about the culture and sometimes those traits that you mentioned which can be you know attributed to maybe the way that men can act in certain situations if a woman acts in those ways the labels of what they're described as are very different. So the word difficult will come up or the word bossy will come up. And it's just, there are different labels that are placed on different genders in the workplace. And I think that's something, as well as the transparency, is really, really crucial to combat. Because I don't think as a woman, we should ever get to a certain point and then all of a sudden feel like, how is that person going to think of me? Because I guarantee you, men don't think about that. Yeah, and I I probably am also a little bit ignorant (laughs) about, this, this came up recently, actually and I, I was discussing this with with somebody within maximum and I, I did kind of realize that I'm probably pretty oblivious to the inevitable criticism that will be around you because yeah. of course not everyone great which is a great trait to have if you if you can throw those things away and not think of them that's crucial but it's hard for some people you it, know it is hard for some people no absolutely and I, th- I think it is a case of it's not being blinkered and everyone has to take on board criticism and it's also important that you're privy to mm. to feel feedback and to your own strengths and weaknesses. So it's definitely not about pulling the uh, blindfold over your eyes and, yeah. and, and pretending that, you know, that you're without flaw. Of course not. Um, but you do have to get on with things. And I think that, again, it just it does come down to confidence um, and knowing that you're doing the right thing and making the right decisions and that that you um, ultimately are there to get a job done. And that, of course, maybe you're going to have to ruffle a few feathers at times. Um, Yeah, probably people do think that maybe I'm bossy or that I'm opinionated. I don't think that's a negative word, by the way. I just think it's authoritative (laughs) and it's getting the job done, you know, which is important. We probably all as well have certain um, biases that work for and against us, mm. you know, so people from different backgrounds, from different parts of the country who went to different schools or different universities who didn't go to university, who might have worked somewhere previously. You know, we, we do all carry baggage, I guess, with us as yeah. we as we move through our careers. And some of those things will be at times will work for us and, and other times they, they won't. Um, and I think that it's just a case of uh, recognising those things um, and probably being able to champion them. Yeah. And again, you know, diversity, it's only a good thing. Absolutely. We spoke as well slightly about, um, you know, childcare and, and working mothers. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up with him was that, you know, the child benefits that were announced in the budget were very much a, a winning thing. You know, it was definitely talked about in the most positive light. And then I got a message from a listener, you know, who's highly skilled, who wants to get back into the workforce, but it's just not and it's this is middle income you know so I think that it's important to note that even though the child benefits that are coming in there's still a huge amount of work to be done because there are so many highly skilled women out there who are choosing not to re-enter the workforce because of the cost and it all it all falls in on top of the cost of living and then the housing crisis and everything is just kind of piling up and I thought it was really good for the Taoiseach to recognise that Ireland is one of the most expensive countries in the world when it comes to childcare no matter how many new benefits are announced in the budget I do think that that the Taoiseach actually made a really good point though that when he responded and said you know sometimes you do have to think of the bigger picture though yeah. that even at the end of the month if you're only a couple of hundred quid up um, or even only breaking evening even that you would look at a slightly longer term plan yourself your 
professionally and your your career and that you would say was still better to be in the workforce, um, working my way up, uh, having goals and not removing myself from that. So maybe right here, right now, when kids are small and especially in the first year of of a child's life, the childcare is more expensive Mm. because obviously there are ratios in place in terms of how many um, minders there need to be for for each child. And and of course, uh, an eight month old needs more care and more supervision than say a four year old will need. Um, so it's it that there's a cost implication to that, um, but I I thought that was a a, a good point by yeah. by Mr. Radker that to highlight that more women should maybe think of of a longer term plan and not just the immediate well I'm not up a whole lot of cash at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, but you know sometimes I, and I think this comes down to as well if you don't see a lot of women around you in senior positions and you don't see a lot of women who are you know at executive level or are on boards. It, then, then, then you're going to ask yourself questions of is it worth it? So it's an uphill battle. Yeah, like, you and, know, and you're and just and thinking of the slog almost. And if you, um, you know, you might rationalise and say I'm missing out on um, important years and times in, in my child or children's lives. Um, and ultimately, is it going to result in me being in a position that if I want to, I can run a company mm. or I can be at the at the top level in, in my respective field or industry? And if you look around and you only see men. I mean, that's not very inspiring and and you're going to, I suppose, slightly adjust um, your priorities and your goals accordingly. And that, again, is I think there will be if you if we have more women at the top, of course, then that's going to filter down to to the point that somebody who is only breaking even at the end of the month is going to say, well, do you know what? It is worth it. It is worth it for me to keep going, to stay in the workforce, to build my career, because I'm looking around me and I'm seeing a mixture and a diversity of names and faces and genders. And that that means that I do have a shot and I do have a chance. And I think that that's what's tough for women is that they feel that they could put in a lot of work, make a huge amount of sacrifices personally and professionally, and that ultimately it it still might not result in, uh, you know, the end outcome of, you know, being at the top of your game. Yeah, it was just nice to see the Taoiseach talk specifically about women's issues, because obviously we still have a lot of work to do. And obviously we've come on in leaps and bounds in the last few years, everything. We didn't even get to Brexit. We didn't <laughs> even get to Brexit, but I'll save that for the next interview. But look, having having the likes of Leo Vradker on, on Girls With Goals, mm. I mean, what what an amazing testament to to the show, to the quality of product that we have and, and to the her brand, because yeah. um, it's no no mean feat to be able to get the, the leader of the country in studio um, to talk with you and to, to talk to our, our audience, you know, yeah. about the issues that impact on them. Absolutely. Seeing as you're my boss and seeing as I have you here and seeing as we've just had Leo Varadkar on the show, I don't really know where we're going to go from here. <laughs> so if you had an ultimate wish list of people that you want to see on Girls With Goals, drop some names and I'm going to try my best. Well, it's got to be Mary Robinson. Right? I know, I've been trying. <laughs> Mary Robinson. Mary, is, are you listening? She's absolutely on my wishes. She's doing unbelievable things in the realm of climate change has been for years but she's she's actually accessing that information in such an interesting way that I just want to know more from her well, so I love, she's, she's on the list don't and, worry and, and she's she's got such great opinions as well I, yeah. I love that I mean of course it's reflective of um you know her background and, and being president of Ireland and being an instantly recognizable name and face for for everyone in this yeah. country um but she is she she has strong opinions and I, I love that yeah. um you know she doesn't sit in the fence ever nope um and she really is you know iconic is, is probably a word that's used a little too often now yeah. you know um, a whole load of people who aren't very iconic are sometimes called iconic <laughs> yeah, but true. Mary Robinson we, she can own that word because it's the she's the absolute definition of it 
So yeah. we can get Mary on. Do you know what? She I might, might even I, trump Leo. I, it might not be next week, Gillian, but I'll give you my word. I'm going to get Mary Robinson on Girls With Goals. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you.